Uh, before we jump into today's message, part three, I just want to say welcome all those who are tuning in online. Thank you for taking some time to tune in, listen in. Glad you're with us. Um, we're going to wrap up a series called Why What? Uh, Robert started off a couple weeks back, and last week we tag team. It was a lot of fun. And today I'm going to wrap it up uh, with um, uh, this idea that we'll be um, just kind of finalizing the series. And so really the first week, let me just do a little bit of review. If you're coming in, this is your first week here. If you're a guest, first time, welcome. Glad you're here at the Grove today. Uh, my name is Eric Matoya. I just want to introduce myself, um, Pastor the Grove, and, and we're thrilled that you came to spend some time with us. And it's going to be a great, a great, um, uh, challenging uh, service to be able to help you have a better week and have a great week. And so we want to just do that. Uh, but we're in a com- mid-conversation. This will be the last part of the conversation. So if you missed it, you can catch up online uh, through our Facebook or through our website. Help you know what the, ser- the series was about. Uh, but we're going to wrap it up. But I'm going to do some reviews. So if you are new to this, you have an idea, a little bit more of an idea what we're talking about. Um, the series Why What really is about um, helping us understand that it's important to start with why. Uh, because successful people, successful organizations, successful marriages, they start with why. And I'm going to talk more about that today, but that's how we started. And really the first week was why do you do what you do? And Robert challenged us to really consider and think about why we do the things that we do, whether it's work uh, or, or different areas of our life that we would understand there's a purpose behind all those things. So why do you do what you do? Last week, part two, we talked about how uh, God is going to already has given us something, a what in our hands. He's going to put something in our hands at some point, whether that's finances, whether that's a job, whether that's a relationship um, or a marriage or kids, some kind of what. There's a what there. And we said it's our responsibility to understand why he's given to that. And that was last week we talked about the challenge of, of knowing what happens when there's the split. You know, typically people start off with really good reasons and, and um, purpose in, in, those, in those what's. Uh, but at some point, there's a split where we forget why we do what we do, what we've been doing in the first place. Like we start focusing on the what, we forget that there's a, a greater purpose. And so last week we said that the split is when we focus on what we do and we forget why we do it. And we have to be aware of that because when the split happens, you aren't as effective or successful in the things you do because you forget why you're doing it, which is really the whole purpose of it in the first place. And so he said, don't be a, a consumer mentality of everything's for me, uh, but what does that look like when I can, I can serve others, use my life for good? Uh, when you forget why and you focus only on what, we said that you lose sight of your future, you won't ever realize your potential, and you get all of these disses. You get um, uh, disengaged, you get discouraged, you get disappointed, disillusioned um, in different aspects of your life, whether it's work or marriage. When you forget why you, why you have the what in the first place, you start to get these different things. And so that was uh, the last two weeks kind of catching us up. And so today, part three, I want to talk about this idea of inside out. Uh, and wrap it up with this. And and here, here's let me just let me ask you a question. How many of you guys have ever been really overwhelmed? Like you've been in a in a situation in your life where you'll know when I, when I start talking about this, you're going to be like, oh yeah, I remember that time in my life when I was like that. You might be in that situation right now, but where you're so overwhelmed that it almost feels like you can't breathe, like almost like you're drowning or you're suffocating. Like you're in the middle of a situation where it almost seems like everything came at once, and you're just like, oh my god, how can I how can I manage to do, to do all of these things that are coming at me? Or how can, I, how can I ever overcome all of these things that are in my way? Um, and, and, and it seems like when, the, when you're in those seasons of life, it just seems like everything comes at once, and it's very, very overwhelming. Some of the emotions are frustration, confusion, anger. Um, anybody? I have a couple of hands. I've said, like, yeah, I remember those, those times in my life. Well, in those times in, my, in our lives when we have that, um, what, how, we, how we act after those emotions, how we act in the middle of that, will determine if we're going to be successful or if we're going to fail at different things in our life. Whether that pressure is from work or from marriage or from school or from our finances, you know, when you get in those situations, you're like, how am I going to ever get out of this? 
Um, how we respond in those moments are crucial and they're critical and they're so important. In fact, we started the church for people just like that. Because we know that all around us, every single week, every single day, there are people who feel suffocated. They feel like they're drowning. They feel like they're going to go crazy. They feel so overwhelmed they don't know what to do. And we said, what would it be like if we could create a church that would help people to have a, a, a place to be able to find answers and a place to connect to God and find a greater purpose in the middle of that? And so today I'm going to talk about that. What, what happens when you're in those situations? If you're going to be successful, you have to do this one thing that we're going to talk about today. In fact, as a church, and we say it like this, we say um, – you know, we exist as a church to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. That is why we exist, to reach people. Because people in our world don't have hope. They don't have answers. They're looking. They're searching. They feel like they're suffocating. They feel like they're, they're trapped. I remember in my life, those moments where when, when those things happen, if I didn't know God, for one, and if I didn't have people around me that would help me, I don't know the kind of choices I would have made otherwise. Um, the fact that I, was, I had purpose and I had a reason to be able to walk through helped me so much. And so we want to reach people like your message so they can experience and live the best life possible. So this is why we started to grow. For people that are struggling, people that are saying, I, there has to be more to life than this. Like, this is overwhelming. It's so hard. Um, and so I'm going to talk about this. When we started the church, every, every um, a launch team meeting that we had, we started six months out building a team to start the Grove. Uh, next next week's our three years. So three and a half years ago, we started getting a team together and begin to tell them about starting a new church in Santa Fe. And every single week, there'd be this empty chair just sitting to the right of me. And I would talk about the empty chair. I said, all right, so he, and I would draw these circles. We go to the next one. I would draw these circles. I put these three circles. In the middle was the why. And I said, guys, this is, this is why we're starting a church. We can't ever forget this. You know, the what, the church is the what, how we're going to do it, we'll talk about. But this is why we're doing it. And I would point to the empty chair. And I would say, guys, in our city, um, this empty chair represents the majority of our city that aren't in churches. Like most people in our city don't go to church. They're not in a church on a Sunday morning. Um, so we just said there's an empty chair to remind us that we can't ever forget that the reason that we are starting a church and the Grove exists is for the people that aren't here yet. Those that are feeling overwhelmed, those that are feeling lost, those that are feeling hopeless, to be able to try to connect them uh, to, to Christ. And what we, what we found through, our step, through people doing surveys is three out of four of your neighbors or people that you know would actually say yes to an invitation to church. So majority would come if they would just be invited. And then we're going to do a series next month. It's called At the Movies. It's a great series. I almost guarantee that four out of four, or maybe like 90, 90%, would say yes to this invitation because who would not want to go to church to watch a movie and have the guy talk about a movie, right? It's going to be pretty amazing. But, but we said this is why we're starting a church. We, we want to help those that are looking for answers to discover and find it. Uh, the challenge is for most churches is once, once you start filling the seats is the focus can become on us, the ones that are here, and we forget about the ones that aren't. And we said, guys, as a church, we can never forget about those who aren't here yet. That's why we exist. And so here's the thing. Um, successful people, they think different than, than people that are not unsuccessful people. Um, throughout history, you look at different, different individuals like Martin Luther King. He communicated different than others. You know, when most people would focus on the what, he focused on the why. Um, throughout the, the Bible, the, the, the leaders that were most successful, they thought differently and they, they operated differently than those who were not. Uh, see, the average person um, will operate like this, this picture, um, from the what working into the why. And typically, most people actually don't even get to the why. They focus on the what, all right, the problem or the, the thing, the job. They focus on whatever it is that they're, hand, that they're going through, and then they focus into how to solve that. Uh, but they don't ever, a lot of times we don't ever ask the question, why? Why is this even happening in the first place? Because here's the thing about life, all right? Feeling overwhelmed? Life is going to be full of adversity, full of challenges, uh, full of storms, full of difficulties. And that's not a bad thing because 
the very things that a lot of times that we think that shouldn't happen are the very things that are going to make us stronger and help us actually be successful in life. Uh, for example, Harvey came through and it dumped a ton of water in Houston. And although I wish that would not happen to, to Texas, one of the good things that happened from adversity was this. Nobody was talking about politics, right? Nobody was talking about race. And if you look at the pictures, you see all kinds of different people helping all kinds of different people. They didn't ask him, hey, before I save you, are you Republican or Democrat? All right? No, it was like, you're, you're in need of, a, of rescue. I'm going to help you. Uh, they didn't say, I'm going to rescue you, but you're, are you a different nationality? They were just, everybody was helping everybody. And the beauty of adversity is a lot of times that the, the, there's things inside of us that rise up. And the good thing about what took place in, in Texas was all that other stuff went away, which shows that's the what. The why is, is something greater. The why is, is that we care for humanity, right? We care for those that are the most need. And we saw people and churches and Christians and organizations rise up and say, we need to help our brothers who are, who are literally drowning, who are, who are stuck, who are in harm's way. And all the what's went out of the, out of the way because there was a strong why of saying we need to rescue, right? And so unsuccessful people start with the what, and they work their way into the why. Successful people start from the heart, from the why, and they work their way out. Last week we talked about the difference between Saul and David, right? So, so Saul, he was tall, he was handsome, he looked like a leader, he, he talked like a leader. He, everything about him said he is the leader to lead Israel, uh, but that was the external. But on the inside, there was um, some issues. And then as, as he's replaced as king with David, who's just a young boy, um, everything in him said, no, he's not qualified to be king. And Samuel looked at him, he's young, he's small. Even his family didn't believe that he could be the next king, right? They didn't even call him to the, to the meeting. And, and everything in it would say, no, externally, he's not the one. He, this is the one. But internally, God says there's something different about David. And this is the thing throughout, throughout history and scriptures is those, those people are successful in marriage and life, in, in business and finances. They start from the inside with purpose, with belief, with cause, and they work their way out. Okay? You with me so far? Everybody? So I'm going to show you in scriptures a couple of ideas of this. All right? In Proverbs 29:18, it says that when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. Another translation says that when there's, there's a lack of vision, people perish. Um, in the New Living Test, uh, Translation says, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. Like when, when there's nobody telling people where to go, they just go crazy. Like there's no reason to restrain themselves from anything, and anything goes. That's the picture there, right? Where there's no, where there's no purpose in life, you just do anything. It doesn't matter. But the blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instructions. And I love the message translation of this verse. So I'm just giving you three different tr- translations. All right, message says it like this. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. This idea that when you have p- purpose and cause and you, when, you're, uh, when you have the right belief and you're, and you're working towards something, that you're blessed, that you, you have focus in life. But when there's no purpose, when there's no reason, it's, people just go everywhere. And can you see the difference there? What's the, the key difference as, as the contrast between the two? Well, a full, foolish person is focused on the outside, the what, right? I'm just going to do this. I'm going to do that, do that. But the wise person is saying, no, why should we do these things in the first place? Why did I start this journey in the first place with this person or with this relationship or this, uh, uh, this, this um, whatever business? Why did I do these things in the first place? And the, the successful person starts from the inside out. You know, one of the best examples that we can talk about at, at, that gave us this example is Jesus. As, as he walked life, as he modeled for us how to live, he was so intentional with how he lived, uh, he passed it on to his disciples. He spent three years with them, and the guys that he mentored and discipled actually went and they, they changed culture, they changed the world. Why? Because he was so intentional in his life. And one of the things that Jesus, if you read his teachings, 
um, when he spoke harshest, when he talked about hell, okay, he talked about hell quite a, quite a few times. Every instance he was talking about hell, you know who he was talking to? The religious people. The harshest words that Jesus ever had in scripture were to the people who thought they had it all together. The ones that were supposed to represent him. Those are the harshest words. To the ones that were lost, the ones that were on the outside, the ones that didn't know anything about life, he had the kindest things to say and to invite them in to join on this journey. But to those that were supposed to represent him, he actually had the harshest words because here, – here's the reason. Because they were missing the point of what he was trying to do in their life. And for us, it's easy to miss the point in our marriage, in our jobs, in, in, in our parenting, um, in our schooling, in these different areas of our life, our finances. It's easy to miss the point and think it's all about us when there's something greater God is trying to do. We have to figure out the why. I'm going to give you some scriptures where you can see where he was very clear about this when he's talking to the people who were missing, missing God's best for their life. On the outside, it looked great. Um, in fact, it says it like this in Matthew 23, and the whole chapter is, is woes. He's talking to the religious people. He's telling them, like, when, when you miss out on God's best, be careful. You're in danger. He says, woe to you, teachers of the law, you Pharisees, you hypocrites. So hypocrites means play actor. It's, it's somebody who puts on a mask. It's somebody who puts on a show for others. All right? So somebody is not genuine or honest. A hypocrite is somebody that everybody looks at and says, wow, that guy has it all together. But on the inside, they're really broken or they really have other issues going on. So he's saying, teach the law. Like you put on this great show. He's saying, you clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside are full of greed and self-indulgence. So on the outside, it looks great, but inside, you're really just after selfish things. It's about greed. It's about you. You're the reason for, for doing all this stuff. Blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will also be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. He goes on. You hypocrites. You're like white whitewashed tombs who look look beautiful on the outside but on the inside are full of bones of the dead and everything unclean in the same way on the outside you appear to people as righteous but on the inside you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness what is jesus saying here he's saying all right so religious people all right you put on the show you, you show up you go to the right places at the right time you pray the right prayers you give in the offering so everybody can see it and celebrate you that's what they're doing. They're putting on the show. They're making a big deal like I'm, I'm very special. I'm very religious. I'm, I'm, I'm important. And, he, and, and Jesus is so furious with them because he's saying you're missing the whole point in all this. It's not so others can celebrate you, but it's so you do the right thing so God sees it and he can, he can honor you and he can bless you. What he's saying is this. You guys are focused on the outside. Yeah, it might look good on the outside, but on the inside, really what's happening there is there's, there's lack. There's, there's something missing. There's something um, that you need. And the thing about God is whenever he points something out to us or to people, it's not because he doesn't love us, but, but it's the reverse. He loves us so much, he's trying to say, if you will just get this, then you'll really understand, then you'll really begin to live. Like as long as you're focused on the outside, you're not going to really, really live the life that God has for you. As long as you put on a mask and pretend that everything's okay, you'll never fully live the potential God has for you. And that's what he's trying to tell these religious people is saying, don't put on a show. It's not about a show. Like the actions aren't bad, but the intent is wrong. And because the intent's wrong, the action is actually not pleasing to God at all. And they were so focused on the what, they missed the why in the first place. So he's saying you, you do all these things, but you're, you're neglecting the important things that I'm wanting you to do. And this is what happens to us as, as individuals is when we go to work and all we think about is the what. Like I'm just going for a paycheck. I'm just going to do my job in marriage. We're focused on just the, the benefits. We're thinking about just the things that take place or parenting, right? And then when everything starts coming our way and we start feeling like we're drowning or we feel like we're overwhelmed, if the what 
if the reason that we, we're, we're, we're trying to stay there is not greater than the pressure, then we give up. Uh, why what? So successful people, they start with why. Work from the inside, they work their way out, right? People that aren't successful in life, they start with the outside and they work their way, they, their way in. Uh, but Jesus is saying this is, this is, you have to start with a why. Live life to the full. Uh, so he, here's, here's this, the idea that they, I want to leave with you that would be really clear today. All right? the, 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 the main thing that I hope you would take away from today is this. That the reason to push through has to be greater than the pressure to give up. The reason to push through to something has to be greater than the reason to give up. Um, when people are suffocating and overwhelmed, they don't know what to do with life. All right? If they don't have a greater reason to stick it out and push through then it's easy to give up in marriage, in finances. And the worst case scenario would be in life, that they just they, they give it all away. They, they, they end it all, right? And those, are, those are the worst case scenario you can think of is somebody that doesn't have a stronger reason to live. The what is overwhelming. They just say, I give up. And the, and the point is we, we have to let the reason, the heart of it, the belief, the cause, um, the why that we, we wake up in the morning is be so great that no matter what the what is, we can overcome, that we don't give in, we don't stop. You know, I, I think back a few years years ago when we bought our house and uh, the top of the market, and we lived in Rancho for a while, and we bought the house, and, and the market was at its highest. So we paid, like, the, the most you could pay, and the next year the market dropped, right? And so I told you a little bit about this in the past, and I remember the feelings of being so overwhelmed, like financial pressure, uh, which bled into the marriage, and, and which, which affected me in, in my work and affecting uh, my relationship with, with people around me. And the pressure of just thinking, I don't think I'm going to make it. I don't think I have what it takes. Like, this is so overwhelming. And then I had this conversation with my wife because I was so focused on the what? The house, my credit, uh, money, um, being successful, all these things, right? And when things fail, like, how is that going to reflect on me? And so it was all about the what of, of, of what was happening and I had this conversation with my wife, and she said, so what? What happens if the what all goes away? Like, is that the purpose we live, to have nice houses and things? And, and it, it was a very healthy conversation because we talked. She says, okay, worst case scenario, what's going to happen? And we walked through the whole thing, and she said, okay, we lose the house. Well, that's not bad. We move in with some family. Like, we still have each other, right? We still have our kids. We still have uh, us as, as a couple. And all of a sudden, the why and the purpose and the reason for life was so much greater than the pressure of saying, I don't know what's going to happen. I was able to say, all right, God, I surrender it all. Like, if you don't want me to have this, it's fine. And what's amazing is in that adversity is, is, is what God used. That adversity is what God used to get us to begin to relocate and to begin to think of other things that God had for our life and begin to move us and position us so that we could come back to Santa Fe and eventually start a church. And God used the very thing that I would say was horrible to be the thing that helped us begin to seek him for what's next. And he began to help us to get to the next place. So that the reason to push through in your marriage has to be greater than the pressure you feel. The reason to stick it out at work has to be greater than the pressure you feel. Uh, the reason to, to parent your kids with intentionality has to be greater than the pressure of saying it's really hard. Uh, the reason uh, to, to be wise with your finances right, has to be greater than the pressure to just, just give in and just do whatever's easy. But to say, no, I'm going to be focused. So in our lives, um, the why if we live from the inside out, it gives us, it gives us the idea that if, if we live correctly, whatever comes our way, we can get through all that. Because the what is not as important as the why. The reason that we exist is it's more important than the things that, that are in our hands for a season. And when we live that way, all of a sudden, the what loses its power in our lives. We don't have to have the nicest things. We don't have to have the nicest cars, the nicest houses or whatever. It makes sense? You with me? Because all of a sudden, we're saying there's something more important than those things. But unsuccessful people are so focused on the what 
that when, when they lose the things or they can't get the things, then, then life just doesn't – it's not fulfilling because they're focused on the wrong thing. So why what? And we said last week and the week before, make sure your because is very strong. Make sure you have a strong because. Know your why. So when people would say, well, well why? Why do you do church? Why, why did you start a church? Why, why is it so important that you have another church in Santa Fe? Because the truth is we don't need more churches everywhere. We need more churches that are willing to do something different to reach people that aren't being reached. And so we celebrate when churches are planning to start in Santa Fe because those churches will reach people that we'll never reach. And that's the whole point of all this is that we would reach people who are far from God that are hopeless. So our because of this, we believe that life is a gift. Like, like we believe as a church that God has given us this gift called life. Like you wake up in the morning, you breathe in and you have air in your lungs. That's a gift that God has given you to live that day. I'm alive today. That's a gift. And what we do with this gift is our gift back to God. It's us saying, okay, I'm going to use this life. I'm going to be so intentional that my life will make a difference. I'm going to realize that today is important, that tomorrow is important, that what we do is important. We have to know our why. Um, what, what else? We believe that people matter to God. We believe people matter. I believe you matter. You matter to me, and you matter to God. Why do we start the church? Because we believe people matter, that there's people who are looking for answers because they feel so overwhelmed they don't know what to do with their life. And they're just saying, what is this all about? And they're hopeless. And we're here to say, we have hope for you. If you'll just trust Jesus, trust his way, he'll help you to figure out what this is all about. Um, in fact, Jesus was so, he was so clear on this over and over and over. When the disciples wanted to change the, 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 the why, they would be like, no, let's focus on this. He's like, no, that's not why I came. Like he even tells Peter at one time he calls him the Satan, like the devil. He's like, shut up, Satan. This is like the leader of the church, right? He's like, hey, be quiet, Satan. Like, stop talking to me. He says, you're forgetting the purpose of all this. There's something greater. And he would say things like this. I came for the sick, not the healthy. I came for those that were lost, those that are hurting, those that are, that are broken. That's why I've come. And then in, in Luke 15, he tells these, this trilogy of, of stories, these, these three stories about the lost. So the first one is a lost sheep. He says this, this shepherd has 100 sheep, and he loses one sheep. And what does the shepherd do? He leaves the, the 99 that are safe, and he goes and searches for the one. And when he finds the one, he comes back and he celebrates. And he says, that's how heaven is. They're looking for the one, the one lost one. In our church, we go after the one, the empty seat, the ones that aren't here. He says, there's a lady who had ten coins. She loses one. What does she do? She's happy with the nine? No, she says, I've lost a coin. I have to search for it. And there's a greater reason to the story. It's, it's pretty profound. But she goes and searches the whole house until she finds it. And then she has a party because she found it, which symbolizes something more than just a coin. There's something going on there. And then he tells a story about the lost son. And he says the son was rebellious. He went off and he left his father. And there was two sons. One was the religious son, the one that did everything right, was focused on the what. Um, and, and, and when the son was lost, this says the father was waiting for the son to return. And when the lost son returned, the father throws a party and says, my son, he was lost, he was dead, but now he's alive. Let's celebrate. And it says this is what heaven does every time somebody turns to God. And for the last 157 Sundays, heaven is celebrated with the grove because somebody's turned back to God every single week. It's amazing. And then at the end of the story, there's this, 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 this kind of buildup. And, and the, the son that never left, he's so mad at his dad for caring so much about the lost son who was rebellious and, and wasted all their, their inheritance and all that. He's so mad. He's like, Dad, I've been here the whole time. The what? He's focused on the what? I've been doing all these things right. And here you give a party to, to my brother. You've never given me like a, a party with fat and calf and all this. And his dad says, you don't get it. Like, you've been safe the whole time. I, like, I love you for that. It's great. But this is not about you at the moment. It's about the lost. It's about the lost. And if we're not careful, we can make the church about 
us and, and church for me and what I get out of it. And we can, we can be spectators and we can just watch. And the whole time we could be thinking, well, it's about me. And as soon as the church doesn't do it for me, I'm out of here. And we take on the persona of the older brother who is all about himself and didn't care about the lost. And God's saying, I came for the lost. I came for the lost. Um, we believe that life is a gift, that people matter. But we also believe that we only get one chance with this life. You only get one chance to be a parent. You only get one chance with this life. Today, like I believe we only get one chance at September the 17th. Only one time. And there's somebody that came into this room today, and, and I believe they came in saying, God, I need answers. And it's possible that this is the only time I can speak into that person's life. I only get one chance today to, to be able to encourage and help somebody say, you're going the wrong way. Would you turn back to God? Or you're suffocating and you're dying and you're all alone. God wants to reach out and help you. I only get one chance. In your life, we only get one chance. And the, the reason we started the Grove is so we can say, what would it look like if we took, op- took advantage of that one chance every single Sunday? And we took opportunity of that one chance that we have on life to do the one thing that we could never do again as a church, reach the lost, evangelize the world. What would it look like if we put so much focus and said, how can we win people who are hurting, who are suffocating, who are dying all by themselves or hopeless? Let's do something for them. Why? Because we believe we only get one chance. We believe life's a gift. We believe people matter. We believe we only get one chance. And here's the other thing. We believe that we're better together. That when we're in a relationship, all of a sudden what I bring to the table and you bring to the table is so much greater than what I just bring by myself. And as a team, it's amazing. If you come early, and one of these days you should, just come early and watch the team set up. It's so amazing to have all these different teams doing these different things. Or stay after church and just sit up there and just watch how the team works after. Why? Because we're working together to accomplish something great. Or join a small group. When you get in a small group, you know, the first week you're like, who are these people? I don't know them. Um, I'm not sure if I, I want to know them. And, and there's like this, this kind of this, this hesitancy of, to open up. But then like week two, you come back because it's kind of enjoyable the first week. And after a few weeks, you start realizing that they're just like you. Like they have issues too. And you realize like you're, 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 you're not weird and they're not weird. And you just, it's just life and we're human. And, and at some point, this is my hope for small groups. At some point in the group, there's this moment where you say, all right, guys. I'm really afraid to do this, but I'm going to take off my mask so you can see what's really going on. In that moment where people say, you know what? We still love you. We want to help you through that. That's okay. I once was in that place that you were at. It's amazing. Why? Because we're better together when we're alone. When we have relationships with those people that can help us on the journey, we become better. When we have voices in our life that are going to speak and help us make wise choices, we become better. Because here's the thing. An unsuccessful person, when they have the pressure coming in, it's easy to check out. It's easy to, to, to run to, to substance things, things of substance, of, of substance abuse, of, of physical abuse, of, of violence. When you don't have a strong why and you're only focused on the what, you run to other what's. You run to drugs. You run to alcohol. You run to sex. You run to uh, shopping or eating because you're focused on the what. But when you have people around you that say, why, why, why are you doing this? Like what, what's important with this? And you operate from the why, you begin to make better choices because you understand it. The, the what is not as important as the why. So yeah, no, life is, life is a gift. I shouldn't waste it on, 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 on things that are going to keep me from God's best. I shouldn't waste it on running to things other ways. So know your, know your why. Um, for us, the process of, of a church, and, and here's the thing. You're, you're going to hear this all the time, so don't ever get tired of it because we want to keep it in the front. Like We want to make sure that we know as a church this is why we exist. And the process that we have for this, is it's really just for the steps that we're trying to lead people in. There's more to it, but this is the four, four ones that we try to get people. The first one is to know God. 
The reason we have Sunday mornings is because we want to introduce people to a loving God who has good plans for the life. Weekend services are very uh, designed intentionally for those that are hurting, that are lost, that are suffocating, to come and get a fresh, a, a, a breath of fresh air where they say, man, that was enjoyable. That, there's something here that gives life. I want to be part of that. That's why we say we know God. That's the starting line. It's our weekend services. Get people to know God. The second thing, another step, is we want people to find freedom. Uh, this is where people begin to settle their yesterdays. This is where people are, are free to begin to take off the mask and work on, on who they really are. Um, and here's what's really important. If you neglect this step, the next two steps will not be as effective because this step is the, is the part where God is saying, I want you to become healthy. You need to become healthy so you can reproduce health in others. I want you to be healthy so you can make a greater impact and have, have a healthy impact in others' lives. So you find freedom. Um, and we find these throughout Scripture, these four things over and over, what God wants to do in our lives. The third thing is we want people to discover purpose. Understand that God created you for a reason. Like, you have purpose. Like, there's something that only you can accomplish in this life. What is that? I don't know, but we want to help you discover that. Because when you discover it, you begin to live out God's purposes in your life. You begin to find fulfillment. You begin to find joy. You begin to realize that you are made for an impact. And, and, and this is done best when you figure out your giftings and your strengths. Like, how God wired you and the gifts he's given you. Like, use those. And when you, when you function in those, you make the greatest impact that you, that, that you could on this earth. And the fourth thing is make a difference. We want you to, to be a part of something greater than yourselves. And so we call this team. It's where we get people to say, you'll, you'll be most fulfilled in life when you make a difference in somebody else's life. Um, and, and in fact, church becomes really fun when it's not about you. Church is amazing when it's not about you. When it's only about you, it's, it's just church. It's a what. But when church is not about you, it's a Why? A great why. And all of a sudden you come together with others and you say, hey, let's go do church. Let's be the church. Let's make a difference. And the impact that you make. I'm so grateful that there, there was a man who came to Santa Fe to start a church back in the 70s. Uh, my parents uh, were, were lost and they needed God. And they went to a church service. So they met some, a family that went there. Went to a church service. Gave their lives to God. And the, and the story, it's, it's history. It, it changed. It was like they were going in the worst direction you could possibly think of. They encountered Christ because some man came to Santa Fe and said, I'm going to plant a church, start a church here. They encountered Christ, and, and they changed directions and went this other direction. And the house I grew up in was not the house that I would have grown up in because they said yes to God. It's amazing. So what we do with the, for the lost, it's not just changing somebody's life. It's changing somebody's family, changing somebody's future, and changing the future generations that follow them. It's amazing. We get to do this. We get to make a difference. Um, let me show you a video of uh, some of our teams so you can see why they do it. He was hooked. <laughs> he was hooked. We, we love our team. It's so good to hear their stories. We ask some of them just record, tell us some idea why they, why they joined the team. Uh, some of our team members, they work graveyard, graveyard shift, and the first thing to do once they get off work is come and help us set up and part. It's amazing. Um, why? It's, it's because it's greater than a what. They have a really a strong why to, to, to come after work in the morning after they worked all night and come work a few more hours to help us set up. Because we have a really great why, and we want to help people connect. So here, here's the thing as a church. When we have a lot of um, people that are lost, it's kind of like we, we were like in the ER, right? People are in an emergency room. People are running in. They, they, they have all kinds of wounds, all these things going on. We're there to help them. And then we, we try to help people move from the ER of saying, okay, now you need to move into a family. Like, we're now a family. Like, we, we accept you. You belong. You're part of this. And, and, and this is, I think, part of where we're at as a church is we become a family. Uh, but here's where we want to go, all right? 
ER is important. We can't ever forget that. We want to rescue people. Being a family is important. We want relationships. But we really want to become an army. Like an army is where we get all the spectators off of the stands and everybody's on the field, right, making a difference. Uh, Because life is more enjoyable when you're in the game, not just watching the game. Uh, Sports are more enjoyable when you're in the game, not just on the game. Um, And when everybody participates, it means that there's not one person or two people or ten people that are burning up. It means we're all working together to make a difference. Uh, We want the fans to become part of the team. And so at some point in this journey, our invitation is would you become part of what God's doing here? Don't just spectate. We have one chance at this. Help us to make a difference. Let's work together with our gifts, our skills, to make an impact and difference. Why? Because we exist to reach people with life-giving message, Jesus Christ. May know and experience the best life possible. That best life is summed up by Jesus. He came to give life, life to the full. Well, if they ask him, what is, what is that best life? That you would love God and you would love people. Very simple but not easy to do. That you would love God. You have a strong why with your life, that you're, you're serving God, and then you, you be able to use that to help others and to love others the same way you love yourselves. So why do you do what you do? Why do you wake up on Monday mornings and Tuesday mornings? Why do you wake up on Sunday mornings? Like if, if, you're, if your why is not greater than your what, it's easy to get back into bed and say, ah, eh, tech with all of it. I don't care. Your marriage is struggling. Ah, it's okay. I don't care. When the what is greater than your why, it's easy to walk away. It's easy to make foolish choices. But when you have a strong burning why of saying, today, I'm getting up because I'll make a difference. Today, I'm going to push through in my marriage because I see us a healthy marriage in two years, three years, four years. And here's the thing with the why and the what is a lot of times the why is going to take a lot of years and a lot of choices to get to what you really want. Where the what is immediate, let's just change it. Let's go to the next thing. But living on the what will never help you accomplish what you could really accomplish. Because you'll always be jumping from what to what to what to what to what. And you'll never be fulfilled. But God is saying, would you live from the inside out? Why do you do what you do? Remember, successful people start with the reason and they work their way out. It's their belief. It's their cause. It's their purpose. And that reason has to be greater than the pressure you feel all around you. This week, you might feel pressure. Don't let the pressure overwhelm you. Say, I'm going to push through because I have a greater reason to be here. Here's my challenge for us today. All right, That we would start living from the inside out out this is the kind of people god is looking for those that are willing to say all right i have issues but god i know you can still use me help me on the inside because when we have when we allow him to work on the inside then our actions that we do will actually be very healthy because we're living from what's on the inside we're saying god i need help with this anger i need help with this greed this selfishness whatever it is and we give that to god and we say all right now help me to make an impact in the world and what happens is god begins to heal and begins to transform and change your life not just for you, which is a, he, he wants you to be healthy, but it's so you can impact and help others. You're rescued so you can become a rescuer, right? You're, you're helped so you can become a helper. God serves you and your needs so you can help serve others' needs when they have it. That's the why. God, his, his story is inviting us into being participating with him to become the rescuers, to become the kind of people who say, I want to use this life in the greatest way I possibly can to serve others, to help others. And he invites us into that. Uh, so that's my challenge. Live from the inside out. Now, if you're here today and you're not a Christ follower, you're not a Christian, maybe you've come and I talked about feeling like you're suffocating, like you're overwhelmed. Maybe you're in one of those seasons. Maybe your life has just been like that. And you're, you're, maybe you need some hope today. Uh, can I tell you the reason that we have this church is to help you to find hope, to find joy, to find purpose in life. Like that's why we exist for you when you're in the situations. 
We want you to see beyond the what and say there's a reason God has you on this earth. God wants to use your life for something good. And if you're here today, he's inviting you in. It seemed like, like he said to Matthew, he was talking to religious, but in this case, I think we can borrow it and use it. He's saying, you clean the outside of the cup or the dish, but inside you're full of greed and self-indulgence. Is that you? Maybe you, you put on a good mask and you, it looks like everybody thinks like you have it all together. Like, man, that guy really has it. That girl has it all. Man, it, all the, it just looks great. But on the inside, there's just things that you know need to be changed. Maybe you're here today and that's you. What is he saying? First clean the out, inside of the cup and then the outside will also be clean. He's saying start with the inside. And today my challenge is this. If you're here today, would you just surrender your inside, your, your all to God, your heart? What that looks like is saying, God, you know who I am, the darkest parts of me, those, those motivations that aren't healthy or good. You know the struggles. You know my past, the hurts, the hangups, the struggles, the, the addictions. God, but... I want to give it all to you. And God says when we do that, he comes in and he cleanses us and he makes us clean and he gives us a new start. The idea is that we ask God for forgiveness and then he asks us to repent and turn away from those things and walk in a new direction. And today, if you're here and you like that, would you do me a favor? Would you, well, let's close our eyes and bow our heads. If that's you today, um, I would like to lead you in a prayer from your seat where you're at. It's just a simple prayer of just saying, I, I need that. I want, I want to give God my heart. I want to give God my life. I want to start from the inside, work out. If that's you, would you do me a favor? Let, you know, let me know you're here by raising your hand. Awesome. I see your hands. I see it. These are the kind of people God is seeking. That would be honest enough to say, God, I need help on the inside. And then he's going to work inside of us and work out to help others. Anybody else here today say, I need God's help. God needs help. Awesome. The next step is now you saying, God, I want to turn from those things and walk with you. So if you raised your hand today, would you pray this prayer with me? It's a prayer of invitation to, to God, asking him to forgive, asking him to heal, asking him to help. If you're a Christian, would you pray with us? So they're not praying alone. Start like this. Say, Father God, today I need you. I need your help. Forgive me of my sin, of my past. Help me to know you. Help me to know the, your plans for my life. I believe you sent your son, Jesus, to die on that cross for me. And I believe he's alive today to help me, to forgive me. And would you lead me? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we celebrate today? All those that pray that prayer.